darlings, and welcome to Sisters in the Shadows, about women in blues and jazz. I'm your host, Colette Cooper, that's me, and welcome. Now, every week in this podcast, I look at how women have been instrumental in blues and jazz since the very beginning to the present day, looking at the past, present, and ahead to the future. Last week, I spoke to Gary Crosby and Janine Irons, the brilliant founders of Tomorrow's Warriors, a project that discovers and nurtures new diverse talent, especially focusing on women musicians. This week, I'm talking to two dynamic young women who came up through Tomorrow's Warriors. Camilla George, who is an amazing saxophonist, and Lucy Muscoffian, who is an incredible vocalist and not too bad on the old piano either. So first up is the gorgeous Lucy, who I caught up with a few weeks ago and started by asking her how she got involved with the brilliant Tomorrow's Warriors. When I started to take music seriously, um, I was just looking into things that I could get involved in and Tomorrow's Warriors was one of them. Super accessible, you know, um, especially for starting out musicians, uh, young musicians that... uh, probably don't have a lot of money they provide a lot of um, groups and sessions that are super inclusive and um, yeah I got involved in the female frontline which is a um, all-female group yeah Um, and there are two female groups Um, it's female collective which is uh, more open and then female frontline which is um, more of like a development group Um, so it's not so much people coming in and out of those sessions but female collective is but I, I love the all-female groups. Yeah, I, think I know. It's just, I just think it's, it's just great, isn't it? I mean, yeah. women are really coming through now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're not so much in the background. They're, they are really shining through, including yourself. Yeah. You're, you're fantastic. So tell us, I mean, you've got a, such a beautiful voice. Oh, thank and you, you very much. And you play the piano beautifully. Thank you. And so, so when you were growing up, well, you're still growing up because you're very young. How old are you? <laughs> uh, do you want to know? Go on. <laughs> yes, we do. We do. I'm not as young the future. as you think. I'm not as young as you think. How old do you think I am? I thought, I <laughs> thought maybe 22. Oh, gosh. No, 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 not 22. No, no, a bit older than that. <laughs> 25? Yeah, yeah. Well, 20, 26, 27. Well, you look 12. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I used to hate it when I was growing you love up. love it now, don't yeah, you? Yeah, now I'm like, oh, thank you for these jeans, mama. <laughs> no, it's fantastic. Well, you're still, you're under 30. It's still, you know, yeah. a very young bracket. And um, so, you you know, growing up, when you were younger, what, who did you used to listen to? I mean, what, who were the big sort of jazz icons that you, that you were inspired by? Oh yeah, I mean there there's there were so many artists that I was um inspired by. But I guess when I was younger I would my mum had this compilation CD um and it was uh it was Midnight Moods and it had yeah. loads of different artists on there. Um Louis Armstrong and people like that. Yeah. But I guess that was, was that the first time you'd heard Louis Armstrong? Yeah, yeah, and all, yeah. like a lot of greats. Um and it was Dinah Washington that really, that the first person that I heard and I was like, whoa, what is this? This is amazing. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, she's just 
beautiful. Her tone is amazing and really expressive. Um, yeah. And phrasing is great, isn't it? It's amazing. Yeah. You can feel like the emotion when she's singing about something. She, you can hear the connection. It's yeah. No, she's one of my favorites. She's yeah. incredible, incredible woman. Mm -hmm. So can you remember the song that you heard from Donna Washington? Yeah, it was, um, it was mad about the boy. Yes. Um, just, it was just really, and I, d I hadn't realized how much that made an impact until quite recently. And, um, and I was re-listening to the, the beginning part, the build to her coming in. Yeah. And the trumpet is amazing and the strings building all that tension. And then there's like a stop and she comes in um, with her first line and it's, mm. it, it felt very powerful. Yeah, okay. really, really powerful. And have you ever tried, have you ever sang that song? Have you given it a go? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess not, not on a performance setting, but yeah, like in the shower. Time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need exactly. To do... Well, I, I would really love it, Lucid, if you, mm. you know, do a, a little live gig on Instagram, another one, mm. and I'd like you to sing that, do your version, because I yeah. think with your vocals are so beautiful. Yeah, thank you. You've thank you. Really, you've got a really lovely tone and texture to your vocals. Thank you. Yeah. Really I mean, it lovely. would be, it would be, a, it would be a good challenge. I mean, that's the thing when you, um, when you idolize that a particular artist or a, a song, it's quite difficult to like reach that. Um, but yeah, no, definitely. That would be you, what you have to do is then go, right. I'm going to do it completely different. Yeah. You yeah. have to put a completely different take on it and make it your own, which yeah. I know you can do that for sure. Yeah. So we're looking forward to that, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> good. Okay. I'm holding Challenge good accepted. Challenge accepted. <laughs> I'm about the boy. And I know it's stupid to be mad about the boy. I'm so ashamed of it, but must admit the sleepless nights I've had. my foolish heart in every single scene although I'm quite aware that here and there are traces of the cat about the boy yeah I knew you could do it <laughs> that was brilliant thank you <laughs> So, you know, you grew up and, and your mum introduced you to some great artists. And mm -hmm. what was your very first gig like? My first gig? Oh, first, see, I was quite shy when I was younger. So I, and I was, I had really, really bad stage fright, like really bad to the point yeah. where I'd like just be shaking like a leaf. Um, so the first gig I did was probably like a little bit later. Um, yeah. And maybe I was about 17. Yeah. Um, when I got the courage to go and do something, but it was it was more um, because of who I was around at the time. It was um, it was like an open mic, and um, we did. Uh, it was me, and my friend Mickey, he plays beautiful acoustic guitar, mm. and it was um, it was like soul, but like mixed with folk. So we did um, sort of Sam Cooke songs and things like that. 
Yeah. Um, and did you love it? Did you throw up beforehand? Yeah. <laughs> I managed to keep my food down, which was impressive. Just uh, throw were... up backstage first. Yeah. <laughs> ah, please let no. there be a fire. Will there be a fire or something before I go yeah. on stage? <laughs> Seriously. Like, oh, if I just like tripped over and broke my leg, I wouldn't have yeah. to perform, would I? Like, it's okay. All the things we think about, well, look, yeah. you know, it's a couple of minutes to go something's gonna happen come on yeah, the building fall down and then, you're on, <laughs> then you're on stage and you love it it's fine yeah it's true and once you get over the initial sort of fear of it mm. um yeah you, it, you can just embrace the moment for what it is and what I loved the most was sort of once I started singing people would start listening and that connection with the audience is something that I just like I live for live performances now because of that Yes, um, keeps you going. It's, yeah, it's just something completely different. Who do who do you feel, Lucin, that's who's coming through? Um, brilliant female artists coming mm. through now, um, instrumentally, vocally, other than yourself, who are shining through because there's quite a lot coming through tomorrow's warriors. Yeah, um, I've interviewed quite a few of them, and they're brilliant, great saxophonists and trumpet players, and and uh, who do you feel? is shining through yeah you can talk about instrumentalist yeah um so i i've i yeah you get exposed to so many amazing musicians through tomorrow's warriors um i would say if for instrumentalists um roella oloro um she's a pianist and she's still studying at the moment um but she's you know she's on the scene she's doing loads she gets involved in loads of different things and She's the kind of um, instrumentalist that you can um, close your eyes. You don't mm. need to know who's on stage, but you know it's her playing. She has such a distinctive sound. Really? And oh, okay. Yeah, and you can um, you you can just you can hear it coming through, and you can put her in any sort of uh, situation, and she's just got such an energy and distinctive sound. I can't explain it in any other way, but it's so special, and she has a real like understanding of grasp of jazz um yeah she's just a beautiful person uh, i'm gonna check to. her out we need to get her on the show do don't we? Do, we do yes i'll tell you you've been do. bigging her up yeah do please <laughs> <laughs> so you're very talented you you've got a superb voice and you. your, your piano playing is amazing and so what you could have gone into any genre really you could have been mm. what made you choose was it darna washington what made you choose to go into this genre oh um I yeah I've I guess I've always had jazz around me um and I've just I just love how expressive jazz can be yeah um and how free it can be um I guess in terms of like a a major influence Ella Fitz just listening to Ella Fitzgerald um was major like yeah massive massive because she's massive impact on every vocalist I should imagine yeah yeah exactly and and there's a reason for that because she's you know she's her tone not only her tone is beautiful and so clear and um defined but the way that she expresses herself when she's improvising it's just she she has a grasp of music that is so deep yeah. and that's why she can just play with anything that she's given and anything. make something yeah literally anything she can yes. do anything with her voice yeah it's incredible yeah when did you start um playing the piano how old were you 
Oh my gosh. So I'm, I am self-taught. Um, self-taught like me. Yeah. Yeah. So I you're was writing. So, oh, thank you. I don't feel it because there's I love so the much fact to that learn. You're self-taught though. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah. I, I guess I started playing when I started writing music. So mm. maybe around 15 and I needed something to explore a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I've, tried yeah tried to develop that and actually lockdown has also been good for that because i've been able to sort of get stuck into a bit more theory yeah um can you read help. music can you read music yeah i can not very well but yeah. i can um you don't need to though just play yeah it yeah that's that's the thing but like training my ear up as well a little bit over this time um but yeah it's self-taught <laughs> i love i because i i just love all the you know even so many greats are self-taught and i just mm. think it's really really good and inspiring and mm. it's so funny when you'd, you'd never to a vocalist you'd never be so like shocked what yeah self-taught well yeah just you know sang. yeah and but it's so funny with anyone on the instrument, an instrument, it's like, you're self-taught. Oh yeah. my God. I know. You know? And that's, that's a shame actually, because it's, um, you know, it's, that, that's a problem with the view of vocalists anyway. Like yeah. the, it's kind of like lessening the skill involved in that and how yes. much you have to work to get to that point. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I and wish and it also, would take a bit more seriously. Yeah. And also, because even a lot of... Um, um, male again, male instrumentalists, mm. they sometimes don't see the vocalist as a musician, which pisses yeah. me off because yeah. it's, we have our instrument built inside us, mm. self-taught. There we go. Mm. We didn't, you know, and so never, I, I remember having that little battle years ago. Mm. I was like, mm no you know if you're a great vocalist like you 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 are you know a musician that that's that's it simple yeah yeah definitely you know? so and I, remember and, that yeah thank you thank you it's it's definitely like a, a a struggle that I have like within the mind that happens quite a lot yeah but um yeah there is there's a lot of skill involved and actually we've got the I'd say the benefit of just being able to express something that's coming straight from your body you know um God, it's yeah. something very unique very um, and it's so expressive um which yeah i, I feel I mean, like I'm, should have a bit more value <laughs> absolutely i mean I, you know we never take it away from you know watching someone on the trumpet or the sax, sax oh no anything. definitely not. wow that's amazing yeah but at the same time you value value your own instrument yeah at the same time and and if you ever feel that way again you you know you just mm. say excuse me i'm just warming up my instrument and you do your vocals yeah, yeah exactly. i'll put them in the place Let yeah okay oh you're giving me lines <laughs> you're giving me lines thank you sorry guys just warming up my <laughs> instrument and they'll go what instrument I'll say, how yeah. dare you exactly <laughs> that's what you do lucy okay yeah <laughs> the okay trade, i got it Colette. thank you <laughs> Sisters in the Shadows is in aid of Nordif Robbins. Nordif Robbins is the largest independent music therapy charity in the UK, dedicated to enriching the lives of people affected by life-limiting illnesses, isolation or disability. Their music therapists are expertly trained to tune into each movement, reaction and expression of the individuals they work with to discover how music can enrich their lives. They are absolutely brilliant but they receive no government funding and so rely on the generosity of their supporters. 
Charities like Nordiff Robbins are really struggling these days and need your help more than ever. As a musician and a music lover, I know firsthand of the healing powers of music. It can lift your spirits, unite people and touch your heart in ways nothing else can. And the amazing therapists at Nordiff Robbins use that power to help some of the most vulnerable people in society. If you love music and care about people, and I know you do, I ask you as a proud ambassador of Nordiff Robbins Music Therapy Charity to help support their important work today. Just go to nordiff-robbins.org.uk to find out more. That's nordiff-robbins.org.uk. And now we have one of the biggest, brightest stars who came out of Tomorrow's Warriors, the incredible Camilla George. She's a very talented saxophonist and performer who I spoke to recently and found out what she was up to during lockdown. Well, I've been mainly writing my third album because I was quite behind on that. So yeah. lockdown was a bit of a blessing in that point. Um, so you just, just focus on it. Yeah. And then I did um, a live stream for Sirius a couple of weeks ago. How was it? It was really good. Uh, there was it was quite technically challenging. Yeah, um, God. because can't um, turn it off once it's on. Well, yeah. <laughs> but also because of where because I live in a, on a third floor flat yeah. and I normally practice in a practice studio around the corner from me. But right. obviously they're closed because of the um, COVID situation. So yeah. I had to buy this very expensive saxophone mute. Um, oh, I bet the neighbour. No, the neighbours would love you playing. You think? No, they 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 don't like. They've got uh, no taste. They've got no taste. <laughs> so, no taste. Yeah, so that was a bit, and it weighs a ton. It's wicked because you can plug your headphones in and you can yeah. hear your actual sound. You can record from there. You can play music into. Oh. Wow. Um, it is really cool, but it was just uh, a bit of a hassle trying to get that to work. And yeah, yeah. but it's a challenge. Well, I think you're awesome. Tell us about your new album then that you're writing. Are you allowed to tell? Uh, yeah. Any actually, collaborations? Deleted it. Yeah, there's some really cool collaborations. Like obviously, mm. um, my same core band, um, Sarah Tandy, Dan Casimir, and then Winston Clifford on drums. Yeah. I've um, co- done a collab with a, a Birmingham-based rapper who oh, wow. I've toured with a couple of times. She's called Lady Sanity. And Lady she's going to, yeah, she did the tour that I did most recently with Pee Wee yeah. Ellis. Um, yeah. She's so sick. She's and she, great. She's so sick. Yeah, so she's going to do, um, I think it's three tunes we're going to do together. I've got a US drummer who I met on that tour, also called Daru Jones, who's um, a big hit, does a lot of hip hop stuff. Yeah. And he's going to do a track. Um, I've got all, you know, Shirley Tete again, back yeah. on guitar. Amazing, um, I love Sheila, that. Yeah, she's so sick. Uh, Sheila Maurice Gray on trumpet. Um, who else? Oh, yeah, Kajali yes. on Cora. Yeah, it's going to be, it's, well, we'll have to find a studio that's going to be big enough to accommodate all of us. But, um, yeah, do you, do you record live? Um. Well, this with this particular album, I've been thinking about how I'm going to do it. There are definitely yeah. going to be a couple, a few tracks that will be recorded live, and yeah. we probably will do it as we've done before, where we have a couple of days in the studio. But because it's such a mixture of of sounds, there's a couple of neo soulish tunes yeah. there. I think it, there'll be a lot more production. So it sounds very eclectic, this. which I love. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of, it's a homage to um, where I was born in Nigeria yeah. and uh, our tribe and oh, our beliefs. And so, yeah, hopefully it'll be interesting. It will be interesting. So your last album did very well, didn't it? Thanks. Yeah, it was well received. Um, yeah, I was I was really pleased with that um, because it was based on a book that my mum had read to me and my grandma since oh. I was a child. And um, it's called The People Could Fly based on, it's a book of African folk tales. And when I oh, first read it. a great idea. Yeah. When I first read it, I thought, oh, it's just animal tales because you've got tales of like a lion, the bear, yeah. etc. But they're tales which are based on slavery. So the yeah. animals There's always sub on... subtext. There's always something yeah. behind it. Yeah. So it's a really, and it's, it's basically the idea that um, African people were um, magical. And when they were enslaved, they lost that magic. And part of their magic was that they could fly. And it's all these sad things of like them you know like touching a magic hoe when they were tilling the fields or someone saying the magic words and they could just fly away from slavery so that's the idea i'm gonna listen to that now differently oh thank you you know when you always know the history behind an album you you really listen to it very differently you know yeah i think so i mean that's all i've always kind of written like that in that i like to tell a story uh, hopefully with this one particularly with this third album I've put as much effort into the researching and the story yeah I think stories it's very important and you write what you know yeah yeah. what you believe in and what's close to you yeah I think so and that's that's why you're bloody brilliant (laughs) thank you not easy I don't know about no but you do though you make it look easy it's just so uh, and we, we all know what it's a very difficult instrument to play but you make it you just make it so easy oh, and sexy you. as well you, know, <laughs> you bring sex appeal to it yeah it's, it's a, it is a hard instrument it's something that I, I've had to you know it's a daily struggle um to to master and I'm nowhere near, but it's. It, I've always wanted to play sax. There's what, never really been any other instrument. What, what, what age did you pick it up? I was eight. Eight. Um, eight. But I didn't have wow. lessons then. It was a friend of my mum's. Uh, her boyfriend had a tenor sax, 
and he'd left it out and she wasn't able to to get a sound and then I came along and was like oh can I have a go and um I love this and I got a sound out of it and everyone was like my god how's this tiny little (laughs) girl got a sound out of this saxophone and I was obsessed I kept saying to my mom and dad I want to play sax I want to play sax and they're just like well you kind of said that about this and that and you didn't stick to it quite small so I had to learn recorder and piano, <laughs> uh, which I wasn't that pleased about. And then, the recorder. Um, yeah, <laughs> recorder was... I think we all had to learn the bloody recorder. Yeah, that wasn't <laughs> a thing. But luckily, when I went to secondary school in year seven, when I was 11, they had a, a music competition. Yeah. And the successful people got music lessons. And I and me and this other boy won saxophone lessons. Wow. And we used to have our lessons together. And we were both very competitive, which I think which is was good. quite good because it got me to practice. So yeah. I didn't want to be worse than him in the lesson. I bet you were better than him in the end, weren't you? Yeah. Well he he gave up. He gave oh. up because he preferred football and I yeah, was just see? like well I just I want to stay with saxophones. <laughs> and that, I mean I, I I just love it. I, it's an instrument I just I just love you know it's right up there with um one of my favorite you know instruments now we also wanted to talk to you about tomorrow's warriors you came through tomorrow's warriors did they champion you yeah i did i mean gary and janine like we always say that like the warriors are like families for me it was it's a very important part of my upbringing musically you know i've been i've known them since i was 11 I remember I went to my first Jazz Jamaica gig. I was 11 and I went up to Dennis Baptiste. I was like, I think you're great. And then Jason Yard was playing and it was just like, I just couldn't believe how great they were. And Gary and Janine, you know, were very, you know, said we've got this program for the weekends, come down to the Warriors, do the classes. And such a great organisation. It's a great organisation and, you know, for me then to get to become a part of Jazz Jamaica was something that was very special. It means a lot to me because it was literally one of the first gigs that I went to see. We have to talk about this as well. You opened for the great Dee Dee Bridgewater, who I'm obsessed with. Yeah, yeah. How was that? That was great. You got to meet. I know you you actually um, work with a daughter. You play with a daughter. Yeah, Um, China. Yeah, yeah, China. And um, it was also brilliant. But you you talked to me about Dee Dee. Well, that was great. That was actually the late, great uh, John Cummings who put that together. Because I've known, you know, obviously Sirius and the Warriors have a very close relationship. So I've always seen members of the Sirius teams at the gigs as I've been growing up. And... Um, John gave me, a, uh, he sent me an email when I was actually at the Ronnie Scott's Late Show. I think it was about 3 a.m. Yeah. in the morning. And he was like, oh, um, would you be up for opening for Dee Dee? And I was like, yes. Would you? <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> you think about that. Oh. I know. But okay. it, was, it was one of those ones where it's yeah. like, um, you know, it was, it, was a, it was a wicked gig. It was um, a really great experience to play a band with sick and we we had a great time and she's just such a generous and supportive person um she's, she's yeah she's a real you know she really champions um musicians um and i think yeah she's well she's a legend isn't she it was her oh, 70th she's... birthday oh, the other day we i sent, know 
um, China did a special uh, show on Worldwide FM. That was wicked. Two oh, gorgeous. she's 70. She doesn't look it, does she? She doesn't, no, not at all. That's the gorgeous Camilla George, and we heard a recent track, The People Could Fly. Absolutely phenomenal, brilliant. Thanks to Camilla and to Lucen for being on the show, and of course for the amazing music. I'm just brilliant, thank you. Links to their music are in the show notes. And don't forget, you can still donate to I Am Warrior to help support Tomorrow's Warriors' fantastic work developing a new generation of female musicians. You can also find a link to that in the show notes. Right, that's the show for this week. And if you like today's show, please subscribe now on your favorite podcast app. And while you're there, what are you going to do? Yes. Go on, you're going to give it a good review, right? A good one. Thank you. And remember to check out the Sisters in the Shadow Spotify playlist featuring all the artists I've talked to or about in this series. And please help support Nord of Robbins, the largest music therapy charity in the UK. It really is a wonderful charity. And where would we all be without music? Sisters in the Shadows was presented by me, Colette Cooper, and is a Pod People production. Thank you to the gorgeous Mikey Hansen and the gorgeous Jake Trappett for their production support. And more than ever, thank you for listening. I'll be back in your feed next week talking to another amazing soul from the world of blues and jazz. See you later. Mm-hmm.